Hello and welcome to Slap Match Type. My name's Simon Cowgill and I'm joined as always by Christopher Ellis. Hi Chris, how are you? I am very well, Si. How is yourself today? Yeah, I am grand, thank you. Uh, we've obviously got together for the first time in a long time face-to-face for your birthday. How was it? Did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, I, I did. We had an, quite a sedate by our own standards afternoon in the in our garden. It didn't seem so Board. sedate when you and Faye were about to kill each other playing blockbusters. But... <laughs> <laughs> the competitive edge that makes us winners. That's what makes WWE champions, I. Damn right. Bring it back around to wrestling. I like it. Very good. Well, I hope you had a good birthday anyway. Um, so our coverage today, we're going to Unforgiven 2006. We've been here before, Chris. Um, we covered the DX versus the McMahons and the big show in Hell in a Cell. Um, obviously, I'd not been back to this pay-per-view since then. And the first image that came up was Shane McMahon with blood coming out of his mouth, trembling. <laughs> it was... Um, it wasn't quite the, the image I expected when I loaded the network up. Were you expecting Vince McMahon head in big shows? <laughs> head up ass, really. yeah. No, I didn't realise that I just left it on that screen for, for me to enjoy next time I come across it. See, I, did, I didn't go through the network for this one. I found I was like, oh, quick Google of it. Found it on our good friends at Daily Motion, as always. Daily Motion, how they still have so many videos, if I'm not quite sure, but... They are a lifesaver if you're trying to find something that's a bit a bit obscure. Yeah, someone someone will have a random copy of the 1987 Mexican death match. <laughs> you don't mind some dodgy VHS to the stream that you've watched, but yeah. Like when I go in, when I go into wrestling, mum was like, "Oh yeah, buy wrestling videos. Anyone will, anyone will do." I like Mexican wrestler like Mil Mascaras and shit like that. That's how I ended up with a couple of ECW VHSs, just because I think um, it was my uncle or something had bought, uh, seen them in like um, HMV for a fiver. So I was like, go on then, I'll get some of these. (laughs) And that was how I was first introduced to Spike Dudley being launched into the crowd. That's me. It's like someone someone wrestling in a Tijuana town hall is a lot different from the uh, (laughs) Starcade back in the day. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, so yeah, last time we covered the Hell in a Cell match, obviously, this is our TLC coverage. So we're covering the main event for the WWE Championship between Edge and John Cena. Um, this was a long old feud. What are your, your memories of this one, Chris? See, I drip in and out for this one because I was, I was looking at it. I was like, oh, well, it was two, 2016. No. You literally just said the year. I completely now forgot what the year was. 2006, <laughs> 2016. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that is really, that is really, really close. So, yeah, 2000, 2006. So I was, I was kind of following it. But I, I clearly remember Lita getting rid of the championship belt. And I clearly remember the whole rated R era. Yeah. But I don't remember, any, I don't remember anything else around that. So either I was watching it at the time or... It's so ingrained and so smooth that WWE keep going back to that I'm just certain I lived it. Fair enough. So, as I say, this feud was a particularly long one. I remember um, the start of it where Edge cashed his money in the bank in after Cena defended in an elimination chamber match at New Year's Revolution back in January 2006. Um, Edge would only keep the title for like 20 days, though, um, before Cena won it back at the Rumble. Um, 
the feud carried on at Extreme Rules where Cena um, was facing off with Rob Van Dam, who was cashing in his money in the bank match, but he wanted it to be at Extreme Rules. So if you've never seen um, Cena's entrance for that, where he's coming out into, well, in this one, so Unforgiven takes place in Toronto and they keep talking about how it's a, a road game for Cena and the hostile crowd. That was nothing compared to what had happened at Extreme Rules where he came out, he threw his t-shirt into the crowd and they threw it back at him four times. Um, yeah, quite quite different ECW standards to, to Raw. Um, but yeah, it's Edge cost Cena the title um, by spearing him through a table. So RVD won the title. Edge then won it back from Rob Van Dam um, against... Van Damme and Cena in a triple threat match. And the the feud, the feud basically escalated from there. So Edge slapped Cena's dad um, in the build-up to their SummerSlam match where Edge managed to retain by using some brass knuckles. This is right. Where... Sorry, go on. I'm just... Sorry, I'm just going to stop you. Only in, only, only in WWE wrestling can the phrase, can we describe a feud and someone having a beef with someone by going, yeah, and then he slapped his dad. He slapped his dad, <laughs> yep. <laughs> of course, what, what, how else do you build a feud together? <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to cut, I didn't mean you were in a flow there. So no, I sorry, don't you worry. It's just, it it's is just a like, good point. <laughs> I nearly burst out laughing to myself. That I was like, in no, in no other world, <laughs> do you have that? You don't have... Manchester United, Liverpool. Let's face it. Not that we want to timestamp it, but you don't have their recent match being called off, and someone going, "Oh well, he did slap his dad." Well, there was <laughs> fans throwing cans and flares at Jamie Carragher. I guess that's as close as it gets. But there wasn't any dad slapping. That's, <laughs> yeah. that, that's when you know shit's got real. Yeah, it did. Re- that um, saying that phrase reminds me of the Triple H Orton feud where. Um, Triple H turns up at Orton's house with a sledgehammer again. The only <laughs> a phrase you can only get away with in wrestling. There's a there's a lot of this you can only only imagine in wrestling. It yeah. is very much like the the Wrestle Me Pod guys say people do come in at the most inopportune moments. <laughs> yeah, it's... absolutely. Um. So yeah, and then. So Lita throws uh, Cena's spinner title into the river, um, and that's when the rated R title gets debuted. Cena's title design gets a lot of shit, but the rated R one is fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, got um, any of the spinner ones? It's just, just a, no. It's they just, just, they just look over awful. The they do. They really do. Um, so Edge um, ends up throwing. Uh, sorry, Cena ends up throwing Edge into the river after the title and Edge is fuming, demands that Cena be fired. Uh, Cena comes out, says that he's got a three-year contract for SmackDown and he's happy to sign it on one condition, that he has one more match for the title with Edge. Um, Edge says that he gets to pick this um, where and when it is and also the stipulation. So he makes it a TLC match in Edge's hometown of Toronto. And as if Cena loses, he's banned from Raw. This was a slight problem with the build for this match, I think. It's not that Cena's banished from WWE. It, I have to move to SmackDown on a three-year contract where I'll probably be the highest-paid wrestler on the card. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. well, I'll, well, I'll be headlining every pay-per-view. Yeah, exactly. And then you go, they go, yeah, you're going to have to work with Teddy Long, though. And they go, oh! <laughs> How many I... team matches <laughs> is he going to have? How many uh, one-on-one matches with The Undertaker? Straight-up tag team match. <laughs> exactly. Holla. Um, I actually think 
this is probably Cena's best feud, not just because it lasts, well, at this point, it's like nine months after it started, but it's booked very, um, very evenly in that it's not just Cena um, being dominated by people that uh, from from outside and then always fighting against the odds it, edge looks strong throughout this as well as um cena getting put over yeah true to be honest with the length of time this went on i'm not sure it's not cena's only feud but... <laughs> you say that but he's i imagine if he ever comes back he'll go back to feuding with orton in no time <laughs> yeah true. but you're quite right though i just say it, we get so much Cena being super Cena being pushed down our throats, and the fans and followers getting sick of seeing that every time. So it was nice to see someone who did have Cena's number at certain times and traditional heel route to do it. I mean, brass knucks—you can't get any more heel than that. No, how how very William Regal of uh, Edge to to bring the knucks out. <laughs> Said about Regal, I saw a video the other day just illustrate how great he was. There's a referee patting him down for about three minutes just to make sure he's got no hidden objects. Then he turns around and immediately pulls a pair of nooks out of his trunks. It's absolutely brilliant. I think I saw that one because he, uh, yeah, he's searching Regal and then um, the the ref like goes over to the other corner. So Angle just hands him in. <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. I've seen that one. Um, so yeah, the the repack, uh, sorry, recap package for this one highlights basically the story from SummerSlam. They do point out that Cena's never had a TLC match and Edge has never lost one. Um, so having said that, it's booked quite um, quite evenly. It definitely focuses on the odds being firmly against Cena for this one. Um, did you notice as well? In the, did you watch the recap package for this one? Yeah, I watched. I watched. The, I watched everything for this. It's a rarity, I know. Yeah, but I had time. I had time to actually sit down and watch the whole. Whole segment through the whole thirty-eight minutes. Of it. <laughs> it was a long old segment, especially if you compare it to like the WLC match from from last week. But yeah, the only reason I re- mentioned the recap package is, did you notice the Edge at one point worked in an oh my after he calls it TLC? Yes, I did notice that. <laughs> I enjoyed that. It's classic. I also noticed the shift away from new metal to hard rock, which yeah. is what <laughs> WWE did at that time as well. Yeah, new metal's done hard. We still turn here. We're still edgy again. It's the hard rocks time now. It's a hard rock life. Um, so to the match itself, we get Edge coming out first. I was about to be really angry about it until JR points out that Edge has um, managed to use some sway so he comes out first to get the crowd to cheer him so that they automatically boo Cena. Um, I, I still don't like it. It still no. should be the champion coming out second. I'm not having that. I don't. I don't believe you're the champion. You go right. Okay, I can. I can use this to my advantage. I've got some sway. I tell you what. Pick the referee. Two on one. No, I'm going to come out first. I'm I'll show him. First. Yeah. Oh, it'll minorly inconvenience him. Oh dear. Um. So yeah, Edge comes out to huge cheers. Um. He genuinely looks quite emotional. I imagine because it's the first time that he um has been in Toronto defending the title. Um, King and JR on commentary talk about how um, Edge has been promoting the match and basically um, getting people on his side by talking about um, celebrating a Canadian hero. Um, I don't remember that being a, a part of this angle, but it's it's quite good to see, I guess. Yeah, he, as I say, he was playing up massively the whole 
Canadian, Canadian returning hero. The whole kind of no, you should just hate Cena because he's Cena, and me just regardless. Don't worry about me. I'm just Canadian, and that's enough. Yeah, just, we're Canadian. We <laughs> hate Cena. Together. That's it. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, they're definitely not buddies or friends or all the other jokes you could make about Canadians here. I'm not your friend, buddy. I'm not your buddy guy. <laughs> um, so Cena comes out next what, after what seems like a 10-minute wait. That definitely added to the runtime of the match, the gap between Edge and Cena coming out. Uh, but he gets big Cena sucks chance um, and massive booze. Um, Cena comes out his usual spiel at this point, doing the um, the salute and taking his dog tags off, pretending like he's been in the military. If you listen to WrestleMania, they yeah. talk about quite extensively about that. I was going to say he's got the he's got the stolen Valor camo shorts on as well. He's gone full camo. He has. I mean, it's been a little while since we've mentioned Sergeant Slaughter, sorry, Mr. Slaughter on the podcast, but yeah, Cena doesn't get enough stick from general fans for this. I don't think. No, well, um, I say with these the short choice, even with the military, even if we ignore the military stuff, it I say it's quite nice to kind of go into war, kind of look for him. Yeah, I can. I will ignore the stolen valor part, and I'll just go. Yes, he's just he dressed like he was going to war. He was invading. Can- he, was, <laughs> he was invading Canada. If if I was ever leading the US in a war against Canada, yeah, I'd have seen it there on the first wave. Yeah, I'd, I mean, we're linking a lot to South Park here, but the, the the invasion of Canada wouldn't take very long in terms of getting troops over there, would it? So, exactly. It's a whole new invasion angle. It's yeah, fine. Exactly. <laughs> we're, just, we're just kicking up a notch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Lillian Garcia introduces Cena and then Edge, and Edge is in almost in tears as he's introduced as the WWE champion, hailing from Toronto, Canada. From Toronto, Canada, He's like wiping tears out of his eyes. It was quite an emotional moment for him, obviously. And clearly um, it meant a lot to him being, being able to defend the title in Toronto. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard when this one, because obviously, yeah, you're going to be emotional. You're supposed to be the heel though. You're not supposed to be in tears because you're just because you're in your hometown. I quite like the fact that he, um, he, he they almost switch roles for large parts of this match. Um, so Cena is quite heel heelish in a lot of his mannerisms. It's, it's kind of like when um, in the mid two thousands, whenever Shawn Michaels would wrestle in Canada, he would completely revert characters from his normal face to heel because the um, Canadian crowd would constantly boo him, boo him because of what happened with Bret Hart. So I can I can sort of understand it here because Edge isn't playing that doesn't um, wrestle this match as a heel because he's the hometown fan favorite. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Cause, I mean, we don't see. Obviously, we have the TLC stuff, which you expect, but we don't see anything particularly underhanded from Edge throughout the match. But then again, when we get, I'm about to say, yeah. when, we get to, when we get to when we get to the end, we can get to a more heel move than that. True. But, True. but then again, that's her and not, not him, him. So yeah. fair enough. Um, I just one note I added before the bell rings for this one. The crowd added so much to this and made it, see- it seem like it was the biggest match that had ever happened. The, the, they were so good at the start of this match. 
They yeah, they were manic. I've I've got notes throughout that you know what the crowd we slagged them we slagged them off as much as we do everything else in WWE a lot of the time. But they're really hot for this. They generally give this a brilliant atmosphere all the way through. Yeah, it feels like a yeah, a, a big fight feel is what I've written down. Um something that takes that away though is Mike Kyoda uh, loading the belt onto the hook. What I don't want to see the admin of this. No, never. Although he got it on there quick, though. He no did, messing yeah. around. It wasn't um, the TNA one where the guy was stood on the ladder for five minutes before. Um, he's the a man who's. <laughs> sorry. I going to say he's the man who'd been to the production meeting the day before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a good job they're not using the titles. Uh, well, it would have been quicker with the titles these days where they're using Velcro instead of the like buckles. But um, yeah, still, Mike Kyoto doesn't delay it as much as I was expecting him to here. Did you hear what JR said when they were putting the title on as well? No, you're going to have to remind me. So no matter what you think of the title design, it still signifies the, the biggest title in our, in our sport. Um, I don't think JR's a big fan of the uh, spinner title based on that, to be honest. No, I don't think Vince is saying that into his ear. Right, Joe, I'll make sure you slag the title design off. This new title that we're trying to get over, yeah, make sure you bury it, please. Yeah, I can't see that being the case. It's just an awful, awful... It's, I'm, I'm going to keep going, Patrick. It's just awful. Especially the way you do it, you go, okay, so we got rid of Cena's title. We got the new rated R one. Now Cena's won it back. Go, oh... Got to go get a new belt made up now. <laughs> After a few weeks of, of Edge having it. But the problem I have with Edge is, is it's almost exactly the same title, except they've put a temporary sticker over the spinning bit. At least with Cena's, it had like the um, the WWE logo was like encrusted in jewels and stuff. So it actually looks like they've spent some money on it, whereas this one, we'll just use the same one and stick a, a, a label over it. So when Edge loses it eventually, we can just swap it out. You reckon as they go further and further down the line with it, it's like when you buy a second-hand board game and the thing gets more and more tattered and torn. And by the time we get to the end of it, it'll just be this beaten-up piece of half a sticker on it. Half will be missing. You end up with the hardcore title from the 90s. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe that- that's why we were. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the match starts with um, some fairly standard sort of wrestling stuff. Um, they start with headlocks and Irish whips and shoulder blocks. That ends pretty quickly when Edge slaps Cena and we go to a bit more of a, of a brawl style. Um, Edge grabs a few chairs, goes for a suplex with them um, lined up next to each other. Cena reverses, um, goes to do the same thing, but Edge manages to jump over the back of him and, and hit a back DDT on, onto the chairs. There were big cheers anytime Edge hit any offense here. Yeah, those ch- that chair shot where Cena takes it as well. They don't fold like a lot of the modern chairs. No. When he goes through, he, they stay completely in one piece. It's and he just goes you know, through them. He's basically hit his head off a solid bit of metal is what's happened there. Yeah. They, as I say, so many times now, you'll see them catch them. They'll just fold into pieces and they'll just bend like cheap. Yeah. Aluminium. Yeah, cheap aluminium. thin aluminium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, I did notice King at this point. He, I don't understand why he needed to say this because it's not like he's the face in, in America, but he said, how much the Canadians have to cheer for anyway? <laughs> like, So you, you're basically making yourself the heel in Canada and America. He no one likes him. He doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't give he's, a shit. <laughs> he, he has no 
concept of what's going on. Although I will, I will say this week that you can tell JR and King are back on commentary together because I've barely written anything down about the commentary team this this yeah. episode. Yeah, it's you don't the fact that they're saying things at the right time means that you don't notice them as opposed to like previous episodes. We won't bring it back to him. We'll make it through one podcast without saying his name. Um, Edge then hits a springboard off the barrier, which drop and then drop kicks the ladder into Cena's face, which was a nice spot. Um, see, they use that the the action comes quite thick and fast here, and they're using weapons pretty much throughout. So Cena hits a hip toss on a ladder, which is propped up against the turnbuckle, which. It looks like um, Edge's leg sort of goes through one of the rungs of the ladder, which can, I imagine would have been very painful in the back of his knees. Um, they tease the FU from the ring out to the outside through the tables that are set up with ladders and chairs on them, uh, but that gets blocked. Um, Edge then goes for a Canadian destroyer, so the sort of springboard powerbomb off the turnbuckle through a table, but they just drop off there, which was a bit of a botch, and it got absolutely no reaction from either the um, the crowd or the commentary team. Well, it ends up turning into really slow sunset flip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. As they both crumble to the ground. But be fair play to them, they then fix it with the edge power slam through the table. Yeah, so they hit a power slam through it instead. It, it was good that they didn't just decide to go back up and try and redo the same spot because that would have looked very rinky-dink. Like, well, well, we'll have a second attempt at it. They clearly called it on the fly that, well, let's just change it into a power slam. Um, I did like as well, so when Cena goes through the table, Mike Kyoda cleans up the table immediately. He's he's hot on his admin. He's been taking notes <laughs> from what's going to happen the day before. I was going to say, yeah, ad- admin. You can't can't get enough of it. Can't underestimate how important it is. I like Mike Kyoda in this anyway. The only thing I feel really is odd is, we'll, I mean, we'll get there just right at the end, but I'll just mention it just now while I think about it. When we get Cena and Edge on the ladder, yeah, and both the, referees the trying to talk them down and wave them down. No, this is what the match is. So, so we'll move on to that. But I, I have a, a note, and I actually know it is something because I remember um, seeing that, uh, seeing that live, and thinking exactly the same thing. Why the fuck are there two refs in there? But yeah, we'll we'll come on to that at the uh, the last spot of the match. Um, the next spot. So there's the, the ladder that Cena hip tossed Edge onto is still perched against the turnbuckle. Cena's rolled to the outside, and Edge runs up it and just jumps off into the splash to the outside. The crowd really likes that. They got some holy shit chance and um they they popped quite big for it well yeah because that that ladder nearly goes as edge is running up it it does it's like that, if that's if that shifts to like another inch he loses his leg as he rips, rips it off <laughs> yeah but yeah they, i particularly like the camera work that they had there so the camera just stayed um the hard camera just they stayed on sorry the hard camera so it basically you just see edge running up and then him just disappearing like so it looks like he's fallen off a cliff almost but yeah it was a, a nice little spot very dangerous as you say um edge then goes for a one-man concerto but cena manages to escape um and hits his so um jr calls this a jumping blockbuster i guess that's the best way of describing it. I, I can't remember Cena ever really having a name for the sort of jumping flip bulldog that he that he did. Can well, you remember? It, fr- it was a throwback, weren't it? 
I was, yeah, you're right, actually. Well, JR just calls it a, a jumping blockbuster, but yeah, you're right. It was a throwback. Um, so he hits that onto the chair. Um, that <laughs> At this point, um, so when Edge went, uh, sorry, when Cena went for the FU, um, at this point in time, he still has all of his um, non-rate, uh, non-PG rated finishing moves. So it's the FU and the STFU instead of the attitude adjustment and the STF. Uh, but he does still have the five knuckle shuffle um, as you, as you tend to point out quite often. Yeah, he can't, <laughs> he said you can't go wrong with a five knuckle shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> That's that nearly it. For what an insight! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's. Oh, I, I know he said it looks good. It looks good when he hits off the ladder later. It looks. It looks decent enough. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the reason I linked that is because the next bit that happens, a Cena puts Edge into the ladder and and smashes it closed, and then gets the STFU um around Edge while he's still in the ladder. Um. Then hits a ladder shot to the face um, and then picks the ladder up and does an FU on the ladder on top of edge that is played up to be the most dangerous thing that anyone's ever done. But I thought it was pretty tame by comparison to what else happens in this match. Yeah. I like the, I like the fact they managed to do something different with hitting someone with a ladder though. Yeah, true. <laughs> and going back to edge being sandwiched between the ladder, it was not, it was nice to see that aggression from Cena and actual edge tapping when he actually had him bent in double with the uh, yeah with the ring it with the ladder in his back as he applied the STFU. So that's where I think um, they do quite a good job of making Cena um, booed even more by the crowd because he's um, yeah bullet like taking no prisoners with with Edge, who's the as I say the hometown hometown kid here. Um, then Cena um, goes to do the five knuckle shuffle, goes to bounce off the rope, stops, climbs the ladder, and hits the the, the punch part of it off the ladder, which um, was quite nice. He it wasn't like he goes halfway up at either; he's pretty much at the top of it to to jump off, which is not something you'd associate with Cena at all. No, is that him and high flying antics do not go hand in hand? But he does. He does a lot. Let's face it, he does a lot of it during this, and fair play to him. Yeah. Um, Cena then uh, sets a table up. Edge manages to grab a, a chair off a ref. I don't know what the ref was doing with this chair at this point, but tidying up. <laughs> tidying up. But Edge manages to grab a chair, and just as Cena turns round uh, to to refocus on Edge, he hits him with a massive chair shot. It was fucking brutal. This one, um, and again, the crowd popped very loud for that. Yeah, the there's as you say, there's a lot of headshots in this, and that one is is pretty nasty. He's, yeah, we've talked about headshots before, and where the uh, when they don't even get their hands up or barely gets their hands up, and that's very much one of these ones here. Yeah, I was slightly surprised that um, there was no so slight spoilers for the rest of the match, but I was slightly surprised that there was no blood in this one because with that chair shot, I would have expected a blade job and I, we talked about it. So this, this is still at the period where they're sort of cutting down on it, but the hell in a cell match, everyone was bleeding. So I'm slightly surprised that I didn't have Cena or edge bleed in this one. Yeah. I don't know what may. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to think where, why they, why they would or wouldn't have done it. 
I don't know. I... Maybe seeing Vince's head up someone's ass is um, off, yeah, putting, no, but... and off putting enough reason to, to yeah. do that. I suppose if you give it, if you cut Cena open, you're going to have him as that underdog again. True. Just bleeding Cena. But you don't want, but you don't want to put Edge too much of the face and have Cena and have Cena go too over the top because they don't want to have Cena be a complete heel and just absolutely rip Edge apart. No. Fair enough. Because obviously he's still got product every week where he got seen as the good guy. Just because he murdered someone last night doesn't mean he can't be the good guy anymore. (laughs) That would have to be the story they were telling, yeah. Um, So Cena gets loaded onto a table by Edge um, and then he puts uh, another one on top of him. Um, Edge climbs up to the turnbuckle of though he's going to do a splash or an elbow through it, but Cena manages to to jump out and sends Edge to the outside. The key there being that the two tables are still on top of each other. Um, I wonder if we might come back to that at all. Um, Cena then pulls a huge ladder out from under the ring. Um, Jay Hart weirdly was like, well, I'm no handyman, but I think that's about 15 feet. <laughs> and... King, for some reason, knows that ladders only come in 16 feet, you idiot. <laughs> it was be fair, be- King. <laughs> very weird. King shouldn't be commenting because I just, I just realized there was a note earlier that I complete, completely forgot where we have the insight from Lawler where he says, You just don't realize how much more dangerous a match gets when introducing tables, ladders, and chairs. Yeah, really? You don't, you don't understand <laughs> how much more dangerous a match gets if you allow people to smash them in the head with chairs. You don't realise how much danger knives and guns and <laughs> barbed wire add to a situation. Yeah, it's uh, not not his greatest moment. Not his, not his worst, though. So. Certainly not. Certainly not. Um, so Cena gets the, the big ladder into the ring. I noticed that on the, the smaller ladder would barely have been big enough to get to the title. So I feel like that all the ladders should have been this size, but... It's a, it's a minor criticism, I suppose. And Cena climbs up about as slowly as anyone has ever moved, I would suggest. Um, Edge manages to get back into the ring and climbs up the smaller ladder that was still in the corner and hits a spear uh, to Cena from one ladder to the other, which is a nice spot, a nice little callback as well to um, a, a previous spot that we've not quite got to in this series yet, so I won't spoil it, but yeah. Edge hitting spears off ladders is is a nice touch. I didn't I didn't think this was one of the best ones. I think it looked like I'm not sure whether it's just because he's off the little ladder into him or it just didn't catch him right. It just kind of it's just kind of scrappy. I didn't think it looked as good as it should have. Fair enough. I do think it would have been better for Edge to be hitting it off the big ladder as like desperation. But yeah, I don't want to say too much because we've not got to that spot yet. And we're going to use it in a, in a later episode, the, the sort of famous one anyway. Um, to the outside, then Cena gets a chair, um, swings for the fences and hits head, Edge in the face. But it sounds as though a bit of plastic has um, accidentally bounced off Edge's head. He hits him with what's supposed to be a really brutal chair shot and it makes no noise whatsoever. That's, that's the thing. You, you get that traditional clang sound of a chair well this is a kind of a, a funk where you go oh my god it's gone into his head yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's probably hit him with the the um the outside of it so it's made no noise because it's not the the, the thin bit of metal that will make the clang as you say it's more of a thud noise and <laughs> the the commentary team play up like he's not hit all of it but it still looked quite brutal i thought 
Yeah, I think they still, <laughs> as opposed now, to, <laughs> or contradict myself, it's like this spear off the ladder looked bad because it's scrappy. This looked great because it's really, this looked like <laughs> yeah. a, real, a real swing of a chair. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. And we've said it before, but moments like that, and if you, um, so if you go through a table, but you land on the edge, you can imagine how how painful that would be. It makes it somehow more more realistic, I think. Um, Cena climb, goes to climb up the ladder. Um, Lita comes out and pulls the ladder leg up. So Cena falls from the top of the ladder inside the ring to the table that's set up on the outside. Um, that looks a, a horrible spot, but Cena does quite a good job of making sure he, he safely lands on the table. But... Someone falling backwards off the top of a ladder is um, not always a, a, a safe move, let's say. No, just, we've, we've commented before, when you can't see where you're, where you're supposed to be landing, it must be terrifying. He does, as you say, he does a good job. His leg in the air, bizarrely, just like... Yeah. So it's like, yes, he has landed and his leg is suddenly shot up in the air, as it would do. But you've got nothing but respect for someone taking a bum like that going backwards yeah, through there. As we said, if you catch your head off the barrier, then things yeah, get so, bad really so quick. Could go wrong there. Um, I noticed as well, so King says, that bitch Lita, did you see what she did? I mean, he, so he's got, he's now firmly against the heels because they are faces in Canada, it seems. Didn't JR call JR calls her a bitch as well, does not he? She's having a bad time of it here. Um, so yeah, then Edge sets up a ladder um back in the ring. He sets it not quite under the ta- title, which suggested to me that the match wasn't gonna quite end at this point. <laughs> that just little things like that, like setting the ladder up a foot further to the right would have um would have looked much better. And as it turns out, it might have been a better spot for what we see. Um, but yeah, Cena comes back in, is about to put um about to attack Edge, but Lita hits him with a chair. So Cena uh, gets knocked into the ladder and it sends egg edge fly egg. <laughs> it sends Edge flying to the outside through two tables that are set up on the outside. He nearly misses them. He barely lands on the second table that's slightly further away. Good effort to elongate the body, land land part of it. Yeah. I'm waiting for the day when someone lands with like a finger for it. <laughs> but, it's, but the table still explodes and crumbles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just laying there, just JR to go mental over it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, at that point, that's when JR calls uh, Lita an evil bitch. <laughs> um, Cena sees to her though and hits an FU on her. Um, which manages to knock the table off um, that was set up earlier in the match. So before he uh, goes to climb the ladder, Cena sets the table back on one on top of the other. Just that took me out of it slightly. No, see, I'll tell you what it did. It did the start with for me, but Cena does an absolute bizarrely masterful job of trying to make it look like he's torn between really hurting edge or winning back the title and the commentary team sell it as well. I think they do. I think, it looks awful to start with, but I think Cena and the commentary team do a good job to pull it back and actually make it somewhere you don't just go, what's he done that for? Yeah. No, fair enough. I, but well, to be fair, I think, well, I probably made that note as he was putting the, uh, the, the rest on. So I was maybe not paying attention to Cena selling the, 
that he was torn between the two. Um, so Cena starts climbing the ladder. Edge comes back in. They both climb the ladder. And at this point, there's two refs in the ring. Um, so I noticed they are holding the bottom of the ladder. So I wonder if the ladder's been damaged at some point during the match. So they're worried about um, the ladder just crumpling under their weight. It's health and safety gone mad. Exactly. It's just like, you know, you have to have someone hold them. When you're doing any work on the ladder, you need to make sure you have someone holding it yeah. firmly. <laughs> I wonder if this will be something they just keep coming back to. Maybe. We'll get more, more and more ridiculous, more and more ridiculous things. We'll end up with like the Undertaker boneyard match, but there'll be a health and safety executive <laughs> run a quick eye over it first. Yeah, exactly. The 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 rusty fences. If you if you cut yourself on those, you're going to get tetanus. So we need some some jabs in before. Uh, um, Roos looking, <laughs> looking a bit loose. We're going to scaffold it You're right though. Having two refs in the ring and they start by trying to like plead them down. Like The whole point of this match is that someone's supposed to get the title from above the ring. So why are there two refs asking them to get down from there? But I, I think they're trying to hide the fact that they're they need two people to hold this ladder for what happens next. Um, so they, they climb the ladder, they fight a little bit at the top. Cena then grabs Edge, puts him on his shoulders and hits an FU off the top of the ladder through the tables that have been set up just to one side. Um, Cena then grabs uh, the the title. He's look, He looks fuming at the end of the match for some reason. Yeah, he's got. A, he's, there's no smiles off on him, is there? He looks generally... All. I say, it, yeah, it looks really all business. It's whether they just went for that because as a Canadian crown, they're just like, yeah, I'll, I'll show you. And it's not in his nature, it wouldn't be in his character to be gl- the absolute Shawn Michaels style gloat no. <laughs> over the crowd. So maybe, yeah, just don't celebrate. Just be like, yeah, I'll come here against all, all of you, all of Canada, and I've won, taking back my title. Yeah. So just before uh, Cena heads to the back, his dad's in the front row. Uh, he's obviously recovered from his slapping. Uh, so they, they have a hug. And then it shows Cena walking up the entranceway. And I noticed there was at least four or five people putting a finger right in Cena's face with the middle finger up. And someone launches a drink at his head as well, which can't have been very fun. Uh, but the, to close the show, we get Cena celebrating with the title at the top of the ramp. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one then, Chris? I enjoy, I really really enjoyed this one. Considering considering it's not our typical ladder match with a load of high flyers and full on somersaults and moves off the eighteen foot worth of ladder or sixteen foot or fifteen foot or whichever JR or besides <laughs> is the level of the ladder. Considering it's not two high flyers, they do a lot of really decent spot work off there, and the falls are great. Yeah, I'd, considering I looked at this beginning and said, would have run time. And for 38 minutes, I was like, this could be a bit of a slog. When I realized six minutes of that was Cena, Cena celebrating after winning, yeah. and there were 12 <laughs> minutes, 12 minutes of them getting in the ring. It's like, it shoots by. It's, I, I was never less than thoroughly entertained by it. No, one thing about this that, so I really enjoyed the match. Um, it, as you say, it wasn't the typical um, high-flying ladder match. We, I don't think you're generally going to get that at the at 
main event match for for the title but the the bumps they took were no less um entertaining or dangerous because of that um one thing that i think slightly took away from it so because it's a one-on-one match um when there is the big spots so cena being thrown off the top of the ladder to the outside um because edge is ready to climb the ladder almost immediately you that it, you can't necessarily sell it as much as if um, if it's a tag match because you'd then have someone else breaking up him climbing the ladder. So that's the only th- slight downer I'd say on this one. Some of the spots that were big because of the fact it was a one-on-one match, they couldn't sell them quite as much as maybe as if it was a triple threat or a tag team match. No, yeah, because obviously you can't... You can, if you have one person go down, you can't then have the other person just hang around for three, four minutes while they're because uh, the immediate, as you say, the immediate problem is, right, they're down, Toro's there. Yeah. How does it take you four? Or we end up with Cena taking 10 minutes to climb up the ladder like we had earlier. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, yeah, it's always, it's always for a triple threat or a tag team match, it's always going to be easy to have action going on at some point throughout it and it's always going to be snappier but as yeah, it's. I think it's a problem more of just all one-on-one, like yeah. TLC or ladder matches, rather than them particularly. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. But yeah, I I really enjoyed this one. Um, whenever I go back and watch like big Cena matches, it does make me chuckle at how much abuse he got for not being able to wrestle and and this sort of thing. Like clearly, he can wrestle and put on a very good match here. Yeah, um, as I say, I. At no point did I sit there going, I'm really bored, I want this to end. <laughs> or, was I, or was I sitting there going, you know what, Cena really can't wrestle. I was sitting there going, yeah, this is how, if I was if I was at that pay-per-view, I'd have been delighted that that was the main event, apart from Cena winning. But <laughs> I'd have been, if I'd have gone to that pay-per-view as a whole, and that those matches and that main event, I thought, yeah, you know what, I've got absolutely what I wanted from my wrestling event. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what are you giving this one as a star rating then, Chris? I am because just because it's there was a or not a lack of danger. Some of those spots were <laughs> not, no, not lack of danger. Some of the spots, some of not the high five spots I love from these matches, and I could have done with one of them bleeding. As much as awful as that is, but I'm still giving it an absolutely solid four star rating. Would have been higher, but you're too bloodthirsty, is what you're saying. Yeah, That's... my blood. Yeah, my blood. My bloodless would have given, pushed up another half a star if would have cracked open. Fair enough. Um, I'm giving this one. I've gone slightly higher. I've gone four and a half stars. I was looking back um, to compare the star ratings I've given other ones, and I gave the um, first TLC match five stars. It definitely wasn't quite as good as that, but I think this is the. This, I thought it was better than the Shield match that, we, that we've that we covered. So I'd put this in second place, but four and a half stars for me. Um, Dave Meltzer gave it four and a quarter stars. So they clearly did something right. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't give it minus 10 or no. an ostrich <laughs> or whatever he gives. <laughs> or and, an ostrich. I like that. And he also pitched it right between ours. There you go. Yeah, you know, and if it's good enough for Dave Meltzer, then it's good enough for Dave Meltzer alone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so up next for both men. So a few weeks later on Raw, um, Edge decides that he wants to uh, 
to wants his rematch because he's got a rematch clause in, in his contract. Um, so they have a cage match on Raw, which Cena wins, uh, and that sort of ends the ends the feud, which is so I guess it's a little bit disappointing to end it on Raw as opposed to build into a big pay-per-view, but they've been feuding for a long time, so having it in a cage match seems seems to fit. Yeah, it's 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 always hard with the these views peter out because as you say there's normally you can't have everything end at wrestlemania and then just start again yeah the week at the week after but uh yeah i don't know it's it's a shame that it came to that but then again i suppose raw there's been some really good big matches on raw and smackdown over the years so yeah true i don't blame that let's play miss always remember mr perfect send in Ric Flair out of WWE on a Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I. I'm, I'm not saying like it, it's just it's very off-brand for WWE to to give like the end of the way uh, end of the feud away on Raw at, at this point in time. Normally, everything's built into a pay-per-view, isn't it? Because they were still charging what fifty, seventy dollars, however much they were at this point in America for them. So Yeah, um, I suppose I suppose you don't know what's going on in the background either. Because I mean if Edge no if Edge is carrying a knock and they go, look, we're not Edge isn't going to be able to carry another three months of this. Then you have enough. to find out. I'd say it's it's an odd one, but I'm sure they had their reasons. Yeah. So after the the feud sort of comes comes to a head with Cena retaining the title in the cage, Edge moves into feuding with DX. Um he forms rated RKO with Randy Orton. So that that's the, their feud going forward. Cena um gets involved in the sort of champion of champions um storyline because obviously there's three brands at this point with SmackDown Raw and ECW. So that sort of comes to a head at Cyber Sunday where fans can vote on um, which title they they want to uh, be on the line, um, but he gets screwed out of the title by Kevin Federline, and that sets up the the K Fed story. My God, I didn't think I'd be talking about Kevin Federline <laughs> at any point during this podcast. Just going back to the Cyber Sunday um, podcast and sort of Taboo Tuesday or and other ones before. It's weird that given how much easier that would be nowadays, that that is not a thing at all anymore. I'm just, if it, oh, it's, it's frustrating. Right. If it was just real and just let people vote, brilliant. Obviously, it's not because you have to lay these matches out. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. So it's just another pay-per-view where they've decided what they want to have happen. If you're going to do it genuinely, I'd be all for it. It'd be one of the absolute best things ever. Could you imagine some of the matches you would get if you could just throw up anyone and just have yeah, oh yeah, I do they, want to see. I think they I would still know. need to give a give cho- like multiple choices, um, but it would be quite easy to. Um, so let's say it was pick the challenger for for a title, for example. Surely, creative are capable of putting three matches together and then just picking one based on what the real outcome is. You'd think so, especially if you're going if you're going to say have. The go against Reigns, and you're going to keep the title on him anyway. How hard can it be to put three matches together? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think it's a bit weird that they haven't gone back to it, especially with how much technology's advanced since 2006, when it was quite a big deal to have Cyber Sunday as a pay per view. Although I, I am, I am glad they moved away from doing Taboo Tuesday because 
Um, obviously, that's on a fucking Tuesday, one o'clock in the morning. And when I used to stay up to watch every pay-per-view, having to catch up on the previous night's Raw, stay awake and then watch Taboo Tuesday. Um, it, it moved the uh, the Monday morning bleary-eyed to a Wednesday. Um, but it was also on the Tuesday because I knew I had to watch the Raw to understand what had happened in the build-up to it. My God, how how difficult my life was as a 15, 16-year-old. <laughs> I know. Do you remember the Tuesday in Texas pay-per-view? The one with the Undertaker, Undertaker and Flair, wasn't it? Oh, Undertaker Hogan, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. with Flair, can't see the title. Yeah. It's like, that's not, not a long, not a long-lived series of pay-per-views, Tuesday in Texas, bizarrely enough. No, I'd like to see especially the... just after the Survivor Series on Sunday as well. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see Survivor Sunday, but I'd like to see it get completely out of control. I'd like to see him just pick whatever you want. <laughs> it's like yeah I am watching Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre in a chainsaw leg off match <laughs> well each to their own there's you getting very bloodthirsty I think you need to go and watch a horror film um, I will do I'll treat yeah, sure myself after will. this I'm sure you will uh, any closing thoughts then from this one before we wrap up Unforgiven 2006 just, just that while I don't always love Cena or what WWE did with him, there's no doubting he is actually a talented performer and actor. Because I also watched Clock Blockers the other day as well. Again, I've still not seen Clock Block uh, Clock Clock Blockers. Just block, yeah, just, blo- just blockers <laughs> just block. for the release now. Yeah, yeah, true. So yeah, um, so you just want to praise Cena before uh, we we get loads of hate on on Twitter for uh, being. Cena super fans essentially. Yeah, I I think I think he deserves well, well he doesn't he doesn't deserve the hate he gets because you know what you just turn up the work and I I say I feel he's a talented performer and my any hate I had directed to him before is partly to him for being a dick, but also to WWE creative for not having the balls to do anything else. Fair enough. I think that's a good place to leave this one. So thank you very much, as always, for listening. Uh, Don't forget to follow us at Select Match Pods. Until next time, then, thank you very much, Chris. Thank you for having me. I'll speak to you next time.